Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for June 4th is Proverbs chapters 4 through 6. Have you ever daydreamed about going back in time and visiting your younger self to share advice on life? Like, stay away from that person, maybe spend more time with that person, read this book, don't do that really dumb thing. Like, we all have regrets, right? And sure, all of our choices have led us to where we are here today, but certainly we could have gotten here with a little less pain if we'd made some better choices, or maybe we'd be a little further along by now. And if we've ever considered how nice it would be to get advice from an older, wiser self, how much more beneficial would it be to get advice from the wisest human being to have ever lived? Let that sink in. We have an opportunity when we open the Word of God, especially in these chapters, to gain insight from the smartest, the wisest, the wealthiest people who have ever lived in all of human history. And I think too often we as Christians let the world define for us the lens through which we view the Bible. I think often we have this kind of, oh, I forgot. I have to read my Bible today. Oh, I need to spend more time praying. Ugh, I should really worship more. Like, I have to do this, and I don't really want to. Whereas, we should really be excited because we get to do these things. We get to show our appreciation to the God who has provided everything for us. We get to seek His insight we get to bend his ear in prayer, the creator of all things. We get to. And so through that lens, let's look at these couple of chapters in Proverbs. A father's example in chapter 4. Your heart must hold on to my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget or turn away from the words from my mouth. Don't abandon wisdom and she will watch over you. Whatever else you get, get understanding. Listen, my son, accept my words and you will live many years. I am teaching you the way of wisdom. I am guiding you on straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. How nice would that be? Of course, metaphorically to not stumble, 
verse 18, chapter 418, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until midday. Is your life like that, your Christian walk? Are you are you becoming brighter and brighter day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year? Are you more like Jesus today than you were a year ago? Are you wiser today than you were a year ago? We should be. But of course, if we don't read his word, and certainly if we don't do it with the best of intentions, it doesn't really pay off. There's two ways to live. There's the way of the righteous. There's the way of the wicked. I wish I could go back to my younger self and say, don't enter into that relationship. I wish that I had valued the Word of God. It was certainly accessible to me in those younger days, but I didn't value it. Chapter 5 is talking about the seductive woman. And of course, many people would like to go back to their younger self and say, do not enter into that relationship. And this isn't portraying women in a bad light. I think it's true for women as well to not be seduced by men and especially young people I mean teenage boys I think are the worst it's sad but there's a key verse verse 6 she doesn't consider the path of life she doesn't know that her ways are unstable it's not necessarily malicious when people are drawing you off the path that you're supposed to be on. They don't know. You know, there are there are wicked people because they want to hurt others and there are foolish people who are just out there trying to have a good time or trying to make themselves feel fulfilled. It doesn't mean they're terrible people. But the discerning person, the wise person, heeds this advice and does not get wrapped up in these relationships with other people, with bad behaviors, with things like drugs, alcohol, tobacco. You don't get drawn in if you are listening, if you are discerning. How much heartache could we have saved ourselves? How much heartache could we have saved our parents and those who love us if we didn't make all those bad choices? I reject the notion that you have to go through it in order to learn it. Chapter 6 talks about financial entanglements. Don't Pledge yourself as co-signer for somebody who you know is most likely going to default. (laughs) Don't do it. It's foolish. Have you ever co-signed on somebody's auto loan or house or something like that? The bank wants a co-signer because that person has less than desirable credit or maybe no credit history. And if you think of credit, your credit score, 
basically a rating on your track record of keeping your word when you borrow money. If you pay it back like you say you would, like you promise when you sign on the dotted line, then you're probably going to have a pretty great FICO score. But if you don't think things through and you forget and you spend all your money partying all weekend, you're probably going to have terrible credit. And then you're going to say, Mom, can you co-sign for me on this car? Don't do it, Mom. <laughs> don't, don't do it. We have to learn. Our kids have to learn. Also talks about being lazy. Talks about being malicious. And then in chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. Yahweh hates six things. In fact, seven are detestable to him. Arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, feet eager to run to evil, a lying witness who gives false testimony, and one who stirs up trouble among brothers. There is a list of things God hates. Just one of several such lists in the Bible. But it would do us well to take this advice and to not partake of those behaviors. God bless you, my friends. I hope this has blessed you. And may God continue to bless you as you seek him for his glory and for your own good. See you tomorrow.